Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Did you see? My new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world, and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there, too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes and & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So if that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. Hey there, and welcome to the first episode in this series that we are kind of inserting into the podcast. Our regular scheduled programming is put on pause for a handful of weeks. We'll come back to it. Don't worry. All the like wellness stuff and digital living stuff is all going to come back. But I wanted to take a pause here and, and use this as an opportunity to really dive into unmet expectations and navigating those well. The new book that I just released is called Embrace Your Almost. And it's really meant to be like a survival guide through unmet expectations in life. Whether those unmet expectations are really huge disruptions or kind of like long seasons of waiting, or maybe smaller things that still disrupt your everyday life or just kind of feel like an inconvenience, whether that's getting diagnosed with something that maybe isn't like debilitating, but now you've got to do some work or see some doctors and it's kind of throwing off your plans for the season. You thought you'd be traveling the globe or you'd be advancing in your career, but instead you've had to slow down because you've got to kind of take care of that. Or maybe it's something in your work, or maybe it's a relationship in your life that is just kind of been this tension or this pain point. And it's made it really difficult to enjoy the good things in your life because it just feels like this distraction or this this frustration in the back of your mind, um, whether that's with a friend or a parent or a loved one of another you know, different type of relationship, maybe that's a spouse or a significant other, whatever that may be. Unmet expectations can take a lot of different shapes for, for all of us in different seasons. And 
I think it's important to dig into how do we make the most of life, even when it doesn't look how we'd like, even when there's something that feels off, even when there's something that feels disappointing, even when there's something that feels like it's out of reach, even when there's something that feels like, I just can't figure this out, you know? So that's what we're going to dig into. And in this episode specifically, uh, I want to talk about the word success because And I don't mean success just in the sense of like, you know, career success. I just mean like a successful life. And I think it's important to really explore this topic kind of foundationally. And this is why this is chapter one of the book. I want to start here because I think a lot of times we have this view of of what life should look like, especially at all times. And in a world that's saying like always, always saying to us in one way or another, either through advertising or quite literally on social media, it's always saying to us like you can have it all. And so naturally we begin to expect it all and we expect it all to work out and we expect it all to work out all the time. And the reality is like, if you're in a pocket of life where like something just is off or you're dealing with some unmet expectations or waiting, waiting seasons or disappointments, like if you find yourself in any way navigating that, the reality is like, that's actually super normal. And we're all experiencing that pretty much from one degree to one degree or another, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And if you're not, if you're like, no, literally everything in my life is like perfect right now. I don't mean to like burst your bubble, but I'm just going to let you know, like that probably isn't going to last very long. (laughs) And I sure hope it does. But like the reality is we live in a broken world. And so there's, I mean, I look back three years ago and just when I thought like I had the world at my feet, I mean, everything was going according to plan. I couldn't have complained about anything, was checking off every box, every milestone, flying through things like everything was going exactly how I thought it would. And then very quickly that got flipped upside down and one disruption and delay after another kind of came. So all that said, like, it's not to be negative, but it's just to give a reality check of, I think sometimes we kind of get comfortable in a season of stability or where nothing seems broken or off or, you know, like it's not meeting our expectations. And then usually just when that kind of all falls into place, something goes sideways. And so that's what this whole series is going to be about. That's what this book is about. And I want to make sure you know, there is a guide. If you have not downloaded it, make sure you do that. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, But there's a guide to really help guide your reading, or if you want to lead a book club or just want to use it in a book club, even if you're not (laughs) the primary leader of the book club, that guide is really meant to guide you through each chapter. There's some intentional questions for each chapter to help you reflect. And I'm going to go through those here on the show too. And these episodes are just kind of meant to be additional guides, hearing my voice, speaking into the things that are written in the pages, the questions that are asked in the guide to really not only maybe prompt more intentional discussion or give your book club something to re- to listen to and to read and dive into, to take this a little bit deeper and apply it a little bit more rather than just flying through it saying, oh, that was nice and moving on but also for your own reflection, for your own application to really get the most out of this because navigating unmet expectations and navigating disappointment can be really tricky. It can be really hard. And I think a lot of times we want to do that well, but we don't entirely know how. So all of that said, if you haven't downloaded the guide and you want to use that either for yourself or for a book club or both, be sure to do that and do that kind of in tandem with listen to, listening to these episodes in this series. They're meant to support each other and complement each other. Um, and we're going to kind of dig into a lot of the material. So all of that said, I'm rambling quite a bit, but I want to make sure you have all the information you need and you're prepared. So today we're going to talk a bit about success and kind of redefining what does that look like in our life and what are we really after? Because I think if we're not clear on that, whenever there is a disruption in this seemingly perfect plan we thought we had, it can really derail us pretty quickly. And I want to kind of equip you to think a little bit bigger in terms of what does success look like and how do I 
prioritize that even when I don't have it all or something doesn't go according to plan. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. So I want to dig into this word that I think gets thrown around in culture a lot is often associated with career and like work success, but is bigger than that. And I want to look at it at least I want to zoom out and look at it in a broader sense when we think about the word success. So I want to kind of redefine that. And that's what chapter one is really all about. It's about laying the groundwork to help you get clear on what is success to you and why because, and at least what is it? Like, what do you actually value? Because I think that's what success in the broader sense, not just in the career sense actually means. It means what actually matters to you. What would fulfill you? Like what actually, like, what are you striving for? You know? And I think we've been marketed, marketed, (laughs) marketed and advertised a lot of different versions of success. And we've been told what we should want. We've been told we should want it all. And we don't even really know what that means. But then when one thing goes sideways or doesn't work out how we thought, it kind of can be devastating or it can really derail us. And maybe we haven't even taken the step back to really consider like, is that actually something I value? Is that part of my definition of success? And if so, why? And if not, okay. Like maybe we wouldn't be so derailed if we were a little clearer on this. So that's why this is a really key and foundational place to start when it comes to navigating those unmet expectations and those plans that don't go according to plan and those kind of even disappointments in life. So let me read this kind of, Uh, section from chapter one. And then I want you to like be reflecting as I'm reading it. Okay. So it says, what comes to mind when you consider what a successful woman looks like? Perhaps you see her with vision boards, bold lipstick, an impressive salary, and an air of confidence you'd give just about anything for. It seems like everything she touches turns to gold and she blazes through every goal she sets for herself. Somehow she manages to do it all, apparently holding her relationships and revenue generating goals in perfect balance, never failing to beat out any competition who steps into the arena, all while gulping down one Red Bull after another, because as we're often told, success doesn't sleep. Or maybe you envision a successful woman as someone who has a white picket fence, beautiful children, and an adoring husband. She cooks five-course meals that would make Martha Stewart envious. Her home is always neat and tidy, and she has a garden that produces award-winning fruits and vegetables, which she cans and then adorns with beautiful hand-lettered labels. Or maybe you have some other vision of success. But whatever form you imagine, it's accompanied with a lot of outward accolades, right? And if you don't quite match the image of the life you desire, you might be tempted to think, I'm not successful enough. Yet maybe success isn't when we have it all or look the part. Instead, real success is found in stewarding what matters most and ultimately becoming who we were made to be. When we understand and embrace that kind of success, we can make the most of each moment. And that is true whether we're on the peaks of great achievement or in the depths of disappointment. So that's just a little excerpt, but that is really something I want you to consider. Like what actually comes to mind for you when you hear the word success and when you think about a successful life of your own, when you think about the life that you really want, that you really value. And I think it's important to dig into what do you actually want? And I think Christians can struggle with this sometimes because we then go, well, it shouldn't be about what I want. It's about what God wants. And it's like, yes, 
true. But I also believe that if you are delighting yourself in the Lord, as Psalm 37, 4 says, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people kind of take that to mean he'll just give me anything I want. Not necessarily. Um, because when you delight yourself in the Lord and when you walk with him, your desires for your life begin to look a lot more like his desires. Like he begins to shape you, mold you, give you perspective, you know, kind of shift your heart. And so a lot of times the things that you actually desire, the things that are, I guess, close to your heart, the things that you truly value, okay, which would ultimately kind of end up defining what success really looks like for you. Those are the things that as you start digging into that, that's really what you value. And and I think that's important to start kind of digging into because the world will constantly tell you to value everything, that you need to have this beautiful picture perfect you know, life for it to be successful. And you may actually find like, you know, I don't know that I care to be the best in my industry. I want to do a good job. I want to use my gifts well, but do I need to like hustle toward the top just to get this recognition? Or maybe that's not actually something I really care about. I've just kind of gotten caught up in it, you know, or maybe you'll find like, I don't really actually care to break glass ceilings or you know, I don't, I've always been told like I should want to get married, but like, maybe that's not actually something I really desire. I've just felt like I need to hurry up and do that because society has told me that or because my family has told me that and everyone's asking, but like, do I actually desire that? And maybe you do. That's great. But like, I think just having the courage to dig into the things we think we want, the things we think we should have, the things that, you know, are either working out or not working out in our life, but, and kind of asking like to each one asking why, like, why do I actually want that? And do I actually desire that? And and if so, why? And if, if it's just because, oh, well, because my sister has it or because I want to be able to post about it on Instagram or because, you know, I have been thinking that's something I should do my whole life, but I never really dug into if I actually desire that. Sometimes we may find that some of the things we thought we wanted or that we thought we should be pursuing or that we thought should look a certain way in our life don't have to look that way for our life to be beautiful, for our life to be enjoyable. Or even if that is something we define, like, no, I really do, you know, want a healthy relationship with my mom. Maybe it's something like that. Or no, I really do, you know, care about my, my leadership in this industry. And that's important to me or whatever it might be. Then the question then becomes, okay, like even before I get that where I'd like it to be, even before I become, you know, the lead my industry, or even before I completely mend the relationship with my mom, or even before XYZ works out in my life, how can I steward that well and make the most of the process to that point. Because I think we often, and that was kind of what this argument was, is like we view success as like the f- the picture at the end, like, right? Like when I have the beautiful home and the, and the thriving garden and the cute kids and like all the things, that's when I'll be like, I've arrived. But even when we get there, something could go sideways is I guess the reality check I'm trying to give. And I've had to learn that the hard way. And so, you know, kind of reconsidering like, okay, that is what I ultimately desire and value. And that's what I'm pursuing. And here's why. And I'm clear on that. That's number one. Like that's super key. But even along the way, even before all of those like pieces fall into place, what can I do to succeed or to make sure that this is, this is a successful journey? In, the, in chapter one, I tell this story about how my husband and I had started a garden. And we've been doing that a couple of years now. But the first garden that we did, you know, 
by if you're looking at it in terms of like the physical harvest, it was a complete flop. Like, I mean, we started it way too late in the season. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, and I'm pretty sure I got like three or four kale leaves out of the whole garden. Okay. And I write about this in the book, not like four plants. I mean, like four actual leaves that grew on one plant. It didn't even like really grow very big. And I like took them and just like put them in my salad of like, store-bought romaine lettuce because I was like, okay, well, I at least have to eat these, but it didn't even make enough for a small salad. So, you know, if you're measuring success solely by the physical harvest, solely by the outcome or the picture of what you thought it should look like, I thought I was going to have like, you know, baskets overflowing with kale and carrots and everything that first year, but instead I had four leaves and all my carrots got destroyed and it, it was just not what I expected, right? And so I guess my point is, if you measure the success solely by the outcome, you're going to miss a huge part of, I think, the success that we really are after, which is who we're becoming in the process. Like I look back at that garden and I'm like, yeah, okay, I didn't get the harvest I wanted. I didn't get the fruit I wanted out of it, which can be super disheartening. Like, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, if it doesn't work out, I'm never doing this again. Thankfully, I stuck with it and the next year was a lot better. But there's another way to kind of look at success. And I think in that season for me, I had needed to learn to slow down, to tend, to faithfully steward something because I had been for years, like in this kind of like hustle mentality onto the next thing, one thing after another. And I kind of missed like what actually matters. And what was interesting is in the gardening experience, and I dive deep into this into the into, in, in the chapter, I'm giving just a very brief overview. But in the garden experience, even the failed garden experience, like even the picture not turning out how I thought, what was interesting is a lot of necessary character and growth was developed in me because morning after morning, day after day, I was going out to my garden, watering, slowing. Like I wasn't starting my day with my phone. I wasn't starting my day with work. I was starting my day with tending. I was starting my day with watering, with nourishing, with like to try to create something good and to and to help a garden flourish. But interestingly, even though the garden didn't flourish the way I thought, I started to flourish the way I never expected to. And there was something really beautiful about that. And so, you know, in in chapter one, I talk about our life is really a garden to tend not a game to win. And I want to start with that as kind of our foundation going into this conversation about unmet expectations and navigating disappointment. Because when you look at success as like achieving the next level, getting the outcome you expected, that's definitely part of it. That's it's an aspect of success. But when we kind of put our all of our chips in, if you will, on that kind of success, we miss a lot of the other things we could be celebrating that may not look as tangible, that may not look as exciting, that may not be as obvious, but that are equally as important, if not more important. And I think a lot of times we view our life as this game to win. Like, okay, I set this goal, I do the XYZ, I make a plan, I work hard, I do all the right things, and boom, I get the outcome I want and I win. But then it starts to become like, well, what about when you do all the right things and when you you know make the plan and you do all the things you can and you don't win and something still goes wrong or it doesn't work out like a lot of times you know we can do all the right things and things can still go wrong and that's really hard to digest because we've been so trained and conditioned to believe that if you just follow the steps if you just do the right thing if you just check all the boxes you will succeed And then we're all at some point in our life hit with the rude awakening of like, even when I go out there morning after morning and like water this thing, or even when I, you know, year after year have like been so faithfully steward or like, you know, stewarding my role in my company, 
I've done all the right things yet. The position went to someone else or yet I only got four kale leaves or yet this didn't work out how I thought. Like, what do I make of that? You know, I've done nothing but try to, you know, have a healthy relationship with my mom and she keeps letting me down. I've done nothing but try to save my money and steward it well. And yet I still had this massive unexpected expense come up and now I'm back to where I started. Whatever that may look like, a lot of times we have a really hard time wrestling with something not going right, even though we did all the right things we thought we were supposed to do. And, you know, and that's not to say we don't make some mistakes along the way, but like, even when we give our absolute best, like sometimes things don't work out how we thought. And that can be really hard to digest, especially, especially when we're looking at our life as a game to win, as I got to check this box, I got to achieve this thing. I've got to cross this milestone. I've got to beat so-and-so with that and keep up with so-and-so with this. And we kind of just like subconsciously start viewing our life that way because it's, we've, we live in kind of a competitive and merit-based world. And not that there's anything wrong with merit-based, like in many ways, it's good to like have to put the work in and, and earn something and not just like, you know, participation trophy culture. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we start looking at life and some really sacred things in life, like family, relationships, you know, our relationship status and our health and things like that as something to win, as something to just like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then I win, right? We miss out on the really important lesson that life is something to cultivate. Life is something to steward. Life is more like a garden. And sometimes you faithfully water. Sometimes you show up every day and give your best and you still only get four kale leaves that season. You still don't quite get the thing you thought you'd have. You still don't quite have everything work out seamlessly and you've got to come back and try again. And I remember when my husband and I have kind of been in this gardening experience, it was interesting because sometimes the things that you didn't expect to work out do like the thing that you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Like I didn't really even give much care and, and nurturing to that plant and that plant's flourishing and I'm doing my best to like get this carrot to freaking grow and the carrot won't grow. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> 
Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. The second time we did a garden, it was interesting because we had some cucumbers that we were like faithfully watering and whatnot. And some of them were growing. Some of them were kind of like duds. But then there was this random like cucumber that was growing like there's like kind of a like a wash kind of behind our house. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like kind of this land between our house and our neighbor's house that kind of goes down to the pond. So it's no one's like it's kind of like no man's land. It's not really a yard. It's just kind of like random land. And so it doesn't have like sod or anything over it. But we had like taken this little like seed, I guess, of a cucumber. And we just kind of threw it to the side because I don't remember why. I think it was just we had too many or something. We didn't expect it to grow because it was literally in like gravel slash dirt slash like stones. So it wasn't in like a rich, you know, amazing environment. And we noticed one day, like a few weeks in that this random cucumber was growing in like no man's land, not in the good soil, not with all the, you know, watering and tending and everything else. And while those elements are really important in 99, like all the time, they're always important. Sometimes things will just work out in a way that don't make sense. Like that cucumber was growing and we were doing pretty much absolutely nothing for it. While some of the cucumbers we were really tending to just weren't growing at the pace that we thought they would. And I think that can be true in our lives too. Sometimes we see someone who seems to be putting no effort into something or who is not tending something the same way we've been trying to and their cucumbers flourishing, right? Like meaning like their efforts and or lack thereof are leading to some great rewards and the outcome looks like success, right? And then The reality is, though, like no effort, no tending, no faithfulness was really put into that. And it can feel really unfair. It can be it can feel really hard to to see that. But that's kind of the nature of life is sometimes things don't make sense. And that's why I say if you're only measuring success by the physical outcome, think about the person whose garden's flourishing and they're doing literally nothing. Right. Or, you know, not maybe the whole garden, but this cucumber is growing for them, but they've done nothing for it. So on the surface, it would look like, well, they succeeded and you didn't because some of your cucumbers didn't grow, even though you did all the right things. But you experienced a success in that faithful watering and tending and sticking with it and being patient and making adjustments along the way. You experienced a growth that they did not, that whoever has got this cucumber that's growing just magically on its own or seemingly growing magically on its own. My husband just pointed out like sometimes life's just going to grow where it doesn't make sense. And sometimes it won't grow where it should make sense. And he was kind of relating that to some things we had experienced that year. But I think that's true in various different ways. 
And I think that's why it's so important not to just look at success as the physical harvest or the outcome, the tangible measurable outcome. Those are helpful measures. Those are obviously a part of it, but to also dig deeper and be like, okay, even if I didn't get the outcome I wanted, even if the relationship didn't get mended, even if I didn't get the promotion this year, even if, you know, X, Y, Z didn't work out in my life, did I grow? Have I been challenged? Have I learned how to tend to something? Have I learned to slow down? Has there been development and growth in me? Has God used this season for good in my character development and stretching my faith? And can I count that as a win, even if I didn't get the outcome I wanted, even if my cucumbers didn't grow as quickly as I thought, right? Or even if I didn't get the promotion I thought I would get this year, or even if XYZ didn't work out how I wanted. That's why I say like looking at your life as a garden to tend, not just a game to win, not just a, I got this beautiful, this beautiful fruit and I win a prize for it because it's that great. But actually looking at your life as like, man, this is actually a garden and not always literally, a lot of times more figuratively and looking at the different areas or the different fruit in your life and considering what needs tending, what needs, you know, my attention, what needs more watering? What needs more sunlight? What needs more time? You know, where can I be more patient versus where can I speed up? And looking at your life more like that, looking at it as something to tend and the responsibilities and the desires and the hopes and the relationships in your life, looking at those as something to tend to and to steward, not something to just plan, you know, finagle, work hard at and win and like, you know, force a certain kind of outcome, but actually to tend. And to say, I don't know how long this is going to take till the fruit comes up. I don't know how long it's going to take until I get the outcome I'm hoping for. I don't know if I'm going to have to make some adjustments in my approach. I don't know if I'm going to have to give it less water or more water or take a step back or draw a boundary or, you know, maybe wait a little longer. But I have to look at it as something to tend, not just as something to like fly through and win. So all of that said, I wanted to share these thoughts with you because when we're dealing with plans not going according to plan, when we're dealing with you know unmet expectations in our life or setbacks in our life, it can be really easy to want to throw in the towel and be like, well, this must not be the game for me, right? Like this must not be the right path. And that sometimes is true. Sometimes we do have to let go of a good thing, which we'll talk about more um, next week. But I think a lot of times it's because we have the wrong mindset. It's because we're looking at life as something, as a race to win, as a game to win, as something to, you know, to keep up with others or outdo others to meet these certain expectations and timelines. And it's like, no wonder we feel so freaking tired all the time. No wonder we feel disappointed by, or even like completely devastated by a simple disappointment when something kind of throws us off course because we're looking at it as like, I've got to get to this milestone. I've got to force this outcome to come out. Like I've got to get this to work. And we forget like this is something to tend. This is a garden. This is sometimes something's going to grow where it doesn't make sense. And sometimes you're going to give it your best and it's still not going to grow in the timeline you thought or in the way you thought or as much as you thought. That doesn't necessarily mean that this whole thing was a flop. That doesn't mean your efforts were for nothing. And that can be hard to see, you know, when you're in the middle of it and you're like, gosh, I feel like I've given everything to this relationship and they just keep breaking my heart. They just keep, you know, disappointing me. Or I feel like I've given everything to this job and I still keep getting picked over for this promotion. What the heck? Or man, like I've done everything I can to heal my body and to support my health with food. And I just feel like I keep facing one setback after the other. Like, when can I catch a break? You know, and I know that feeling. And so that's why I think it's really important to be like, okay, how can I look at success in a bigger way? And how can I define what success really is beyond just the outcome? Like the outcome is maybe part of it, but even if that outcome doesn't come in the time I thought or in the way I thought or at all, what other aspects of this effort that I'm putting into this relationship, this career, this healing journey, et cetera, what other measures of success am I leaning into? 
because I don't want to put effort into anything and just assume it's a flop simply because I may not get the outcome I thought in the timeline I thought. So when you start shifting your focus from life, isn't just a game to win. It's not, I have this beautiful picket fence and the cute husband and the cute kids and the perfect house. And then the, and then this and then that. So see everyone I'm successful or I have like all the money in the world and I'm killing it at my career and I'm breaking glass ceilings and like, see everyone I'm successful shifting a little bit away from solely viewing success as these outward things and the the outcomes of things and starting to bring your mind back to my life is a garden to tend. It's not something I have to hustle, hurry up and win. A lot of times that creates a lot of space for not only truly succeeding at the things that actually are fulfilling to you and that you personally actually care about in a world that's telling you to care about everything and that like your life should look like X, Y, or Z to be successful. But to also, I think, succeed at a more sustainable pace and start to cultivate a life that you really, truly like, even before you get everything you'd like, even before everything is in place, even before you see the fruit of your labor, even before everything that you think should ex- you should experience or have or, ma- or get or gain in your life comes to pass. Even before all that, even while things feel a little upside down, even if there is something in your life that feels like a disruption or a delay or an unmet expectation, being able to like your life and really enjoy the life you get to live and the tending you get to steward and thing and the garden you get to take care of, even before you get the harvest, even before you get the big win, because the mountaintop moments only last so long anyway. So here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you with a few questions. Okay. At the end of this chapter, there's three key questions. It says, this is what I'm just going to read it to you. So you know what I'm, where I'm coming from. When you're faced with an almost, but not quite moment, or in other words, an unmet expectation, a setback, et cetera, dare to ask yourself these three questions. One, what do I truly want? In other words, what does success truly look like for you in the bigger, broader sense that we just talked about? Sometimes that often includes outcomes or, you know, outward things, maybe like a spouse or a healthy relationship with your friend or healing or whatever. But like, what does success really look like for you, including that, but also in who you become in the process? What do you value? What do you really value in a world that says you should want it all? And maybe some of the things you thought you valued, you'll find, I actually don't think I value that as much as I've been thinking I do. I've just been so caught up in this messaging that I should value it or that it is important because it seems big and flashy and fun and cool or whatever, impressive, whatever word you want to throw in there. But like, I don't actually value that. It really doesn't matter to me if I have a five bedroom house, I'd be perfectly fine with a two bedroom house and a lot more free time, you know, or something like that. So kind of consider like, what does success truly look like for you? And what do you truly value in a world that says you should want it all? So that's question one. What do I truly want? Question two, why do I want it? In other words, why are you pursuing it? Why are you tending to it? Why do you want cucumbers, <laughs> right? Like for the sake of the metaphor or like the illustration, or why do you, why do you want to pay off debt? Why do you want to make $100,000 in your business this year? Why do you want to heal that relationship with your mom? Why do you want to get healthy? Why do you want to, whatever the thing is you've said you wanted, now you got to get clear on why you actually want it so you can make sure you're not just saying that because you think it's the right answer. Because I think this is another problem when we talk about defining success. A lot of us are like, well, I want it. I, I want it to be happy and I want to spend time with my family and I want to be present with my people. Do you? Or are you just saying that because you think that's the right answer? Like, like really, like this is a really important exercise to get, to get clear and honest with yourself and dig into even your own answers. So ask, why do I want it? 
Why are you pursuing it? I consider this the single most important question because it will ground you and it will help you stay focused on what matters most so that you can pursue the right goals for you, so that you can be building the right life for you and tending to the right fruit for you in your garden of your life. This is so much better than striving to do something just because you think it sounds good or because you saw someone else do it or because you feel like you have something to prove. So really to each thing you've said you value or that makes up your vision of success would be a garden you want to tend to in your life. Then start evaluating each one of those things. Why do I want that? Why would I pursue that? Why do I want to tend to that? Okay. And then thirdly, how am I going to steward it? Or in other words, how will you cultivate the life right in front of you? Even if a certain milestone goal or outcome that you desire seems out of reach or is going to take some time to get to. It's going to take some work and some tilling and some tending and some reaping or some sowing before you can reap the harvest of that, before you actually get to that place that you really want to be. How will you steward that process? What will that look like? Maybe it's, you know, part of my definition of success is being financially free. So I want to make sure I'm completely out of debt. Okay. Why? Well, because I want to have options for my family. I want to be less stressed. So I'm, you know, whatever your answers are for that, how are you going to steward that? Well, you may say like, okay, these are the three or four changes I'm going to make or adjustments I'm going to make. So I can steward that goal really well. I don't know quite how long it's going to take, but my goal is X, Y, and Z. And here's how I'm going to steward that. Here's the disciplines I'm going to implement so that I can tend to that well, so that I can get us there as quickly as possible, but also be flexible, right? Like here's, here's my plan for how I'm going to steward that goal, how I'm going to steward that focus, that ambition, that desire, and that good desire, that, that desire that's held with a purpose, that fruit that I'm after, which may be being debt-free or maybe having a healthy relationship or whatever it might be. Here's what I need to do to steward that, to make that possible. Okay. And giving yourself grace along the way, obviously. So I wrap up this section in the book by saying these three questions are essential in the face of unmet expectations and disappointment because those almost but not quite moments are often the only time we slow down and reevaluate. Of course, you can put your head down, power through, and try to pretend the letdown isn't happening to you. Or you can bravely choose to step into the invitation to gain perspective and find that you are indeed capable of creating a life you like, even in the tension of the in-between. Know why? Because as I've said before, life is more like a garden to tend than a game to win. And you can only grow where you are planted, not where you think you should be. This is the point. When there's something in your life that feels like an unmet expectation, when you are dealing with plans that didn't go according to plan, when there's a disruption or a disappointment that you're navigating, sometimes that can be jarring. Sometimes it can feel like, gosh, this is just slowing me down. This is making me like have to redo everything. And as much as that can be frustrating, sometimes those experiences that kind of make us pause and like reconsider and sometimes rethink everything. I don't always think rethinking everything is a bad thing. And I think we've, we've assumed it is because it seems like a slowdown. It seems like a disruption, but a lot of times stepping back, reevaluating, getting clear on where am I going and why? What actually matters to me? And then how am I going to steward that well? Because I've been tending to a lot of things that aren't mine to tend to. That's when we start not only being able to cultivate a life that we really like and tending to our life well, but also that's where we're able to grow. That's when we're able to grow where we're really planted, not where we think we should be, not where the world has told us we should be, not tending all the things the world tells us we should tend to and grow and develop in our life. That half of them may not actually matter to us. So come back to this. What do I truly want? Why do I want it? And how am I going to steward it? I 
I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.